Hello. Hello. Let's try this out. Yeah, I can hear you. And hopefully you're not in echo land, nor am I. I don't hear any echoes on my end. So. Yay. And I was worried too, because when I put in my earbuds, like I heard really faint sound and I was like, oh God, I'm not going to be able to hear them now. (laughs) But I think we're good. All right, good. Um, how are you? Absolutely exhausted. Same. Uh, yeah, this uh, it's been emotionally draining, or I should say intellectually draining, trying to get these creative projects ready in the week that I have in Albuquerque. And the whole right. networking thing is really hard for me to network. But I'm doing Networking is weird. It's weird. Like, um, I had last Saturday, went to a, um, a Friendsgiving thing. Mm-hmm. And um, when I started working at Spirit Halloween, I, you know, store manager and I was looking through applications and I kept seeing people who worked in the industry and I hired all of them because I was like, well, they, they all need jobs. Everybody's out of work. Right. And I did that and I, I didn't even think about a selfish reason. But then after a while, I was like, this is probably good for networking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. A lot of them said, too, it was good because they hate networking. But we went to the Friendsgiving thing, and it was, like, nothing but industry people. And so that was kind of nice to just have everybody there and not have to, like, worry about too much schmoozing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's something it's- about Albuquerque, um, beside it just being the land of enchantment, there are so many people here who want to keep this industry going in Albuquerque mm-hmm. and in New Mexico. So they're doing their part. They're doing as much as they can, like the, the ground troops. And they have so many networking events. Um, it, it seems like there's one or two a week. And mm-hmm. um, they're all like willing to help each other out. And, you know, um, I met with one friend who his feature starts probably in like two days where he's going to be filming. Oh, God. And, I, he was still, uh, and then I was telling him about the feature that I've got some producers on to help out with. And, um, then there was another guy there whose feature is going to start filming on December 4th and we're all just bouncing, like, however we can help each other back and forth. And it's just a, a really positive community over here that way. So I really like that. That's good. Um, it's, I think it's it is that way here. Um I just I don't know as many people. Mm. Um so I think especially with this job it helped me get to know a lot more people because what I do I'm basically like a glorified personal assistant. Mm-hmm. And I don't I don't deal with anybody much. I mean I deal with like the talent or the directors or whatever, but I help them with their personal life. So I don't I don't do anything on set. Sometimes I have to go pick up stuff. But um, so I don't like meet a lot of the crew or, you know, I, I see people in the production office, but I don't really develop too much of a rapport. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, and I just, I don't know, I keep trying to put myself out there a little bit. It's weird because like they know who I am and they know of me, but like, I don't really know them. And that's kind of mm-hmm. strange. Yeah. Well, yeah, I guess it can be. Like this is the guy who does everybody's bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> We've heard great things about you, kid. Yeah, no, um, it it's not been bad. The the biggest annoyance is just 
uh, like people's spouses. Hmm. Um, like I had a director whose spouse just like screamed and complained about everything. And then when I apologized to her, she was like, oh no, I'm not mad. That would be crazy. I'm like, but you just, uh, uh, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah. That sounds but, frightening. Um, yeah, I know. It was all because I got the wrong kind of water and the wrong kind of kale. Shut the f- I. <laughs> Like, mm. yeah, I didn't realize there was such a thing as dino kale, and apparently, I did not buy the right kale. Uh, and heaven forbid. Yeah, I don't even know what is dino kale. Like dinosaur it's, kale? Why? What is that? It's like a. It's a different variety. I think it's more. It's almost like greenish purple, and I think it. I want to say it's it's firmer. I mean, because kale's pretty firm anyway, but I just, I think it's got a different sort of texture to it, and I don't know if that's maybe, because, you know, super food and all that, and, you know, uh, I don't know, but she was, all, a lot of them, it's funny, because it's, it's very, everything's organic, and everything has to be just so, and I realize just how picky I'm not. When I encounter picky people. I've just been shaking my... You can't see me, but I've just been shaking my head this entire time. <laughs> just like, I can't. I can't. I can't. But but that's just it. Yeah. Like, I... So I'm picky, but in the in the opposite way. Like, I... Because I'm doing this dumb keto diet now. I'm like, oh. oh God. But, you but, know, yeah. I never know when they're going to be like... A casting director is going to be like, all right, well, we need you with your shirt off. And yeah. so... Uh yeah, we've got to just always be on a diet, always be working out. It's fine though. It's, it's yeah. yeah, but still, yeah. I I don't want anyone to shop for me or invite me out to eat. I'm I'm that person where I'm like, no no no, I don't. I don't want to go out there and embarrass myself in front of all of you. <laughs> I mean, and I don't I don't mind it. Like most people are really cool. Um, it's just I get the occasional like picky weirdos. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know, but, uh, it, it is nice cause it's just, I mean, I hate sitting in traffic, but I also get to listen to a lot of audio books. There you go. Cause it's mostly just me in the car, which sucks too, because it's like, you know, you're sitting there and then of course you're eating while you're like driving. And then, you know, I, I gained a lot of weight doing that. Mm. So, and now I've lost a ton of weight. I'm like, I don't want to go back to that. So. Yeah. But I do... Once I get back to regular, uh, we have, a, I think, a free gym membership at the studio, which is nice. Oh, yeah. That's clutch. Uh, I was very I was very paranoid the first time I went to the gym over there because I was like, they're going to be all like these actors, extras and, and stunt people. And they are, but like everybody just kind of goes and does their own thing. Like, okay. Man. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's how the gym I go to and because I'm in Hollywood and uh, it's always packed. It's always full of people. I hate it. I've actually set alarms so I could wake up at like five in the morning. So I go there <laughs> as soon as it's open. So I don't have to deal with anybody. I'm, I just, uh, it's, that's how, that's how much of a recluse I am. I love 
being in my little in my little cave with my drawings and my comic books and my toys and my stuffed animals <laughs> like don't want to have to go out don't want to network and interact with people um yeah yeah it's it's a whole thing anyway I see that you you got some pretty cool uh are those comic books that you got at bucky's oh the little golden books yeah that's just real uh, fun oh. yeah Bucky's is a weird place. Bucky's gives me so much anxiety. Like it's cool, but it's also like um, real redneck. Went, yeah, real real redneck. The first time I went there was during the pandemic, and like nobody was wearing a mask, and I was like, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's terrible. Were you in Texas at the time? No, um, I think it was Alabama that we went. Okay, yeah, because I went, I went to. Um, my roommate helps with this thing called play play on con and it's like a gamers convention mm-hmm. and it's in, it's at a four H and somewhere in, in the middle of nowhere in Alabama. Um, but you, you drive past the P- Bucky's of course. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you just always com- compelled to stop. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I was surprised they had, they just had this whole rack, uh, like a spinning rack with so many different little golden books on them. There's so many that I wanted to get. There was one of Frida Kyla. Um, there's a couple other ones. There was like a celebrity one. Someone told me, was it, um, uh, just some pop star singer had a golden book. And when I saw the little, uh, Ninja Turtles in the back to the future pop figures, I was like, I had to buy these. And then, Underneath all that, I saw the Dungeons and Dragons one, and honestly, that's the one I wanted to get the most. And it was hid- <laughs> it was hidden on the very bottom because they're probably like Satanist Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> um, I-, I wanted to actually like switch them out and put them in purview of everyone because then they should be they're, they're so rad. Um, but yeah, that was yeah. I was thinking about making that a stocking stuffer for some of my D and D friends. That'd be fun. Um, I've never actually played. I. I don't know. I'm not, I mean, it's fine. It's just, I've not really had much interest and I've tried to play some of those like tabletop, whatever. I don't know, whatever you call them, Mm -hmm. but like there's that, that villains game. That's like the Disney. Yeah. It's, it's like that. I just, me and the role-playing, how did I put it? I said to somebody, I'm like role-playing in the bedroom and role-playing in a board game. Just, it doesn't work for me. (laughs) I just I can't do any role playing. So no. Um, yeah, I started to uh, I started to host a game where I'm the game master. I I tell them the story and uh, you know I, I narrate what's happening and they tell me what they want to do in the in the parameters I give them. But it's it's just like a collaborative storytelling device and um, yeah, I I just have so much fun doing it. It's um, you get to explore and you get to use your imagination and yeah. um and my players always surprise me it, when, when I, and then we don't work against each other it's like i said it's collaborative storytelling so we'll yeah. uh we just try and make it the most badass night like it we we try to unfold it like a movie like it just mm-hmm. unravels everything and it, it ends up being amazing and um uh my friend recently uh, he, he's, uh, he and, uh, his friends are, uh, are the guys who did five second films. I don't know. It's, it's the old, um, 
It was before. It sounds I, familiar. Yeah, it's before Vine, and it was basically what spawned Vine and uh, mm-hmm. all that stuff. But um, he, uh, one of my good friends, just had a bachelor party. Instead of doing like the going out and getting drunk and all that stuff, he had us all come to a uh, like this this mansion type place that he rented in the Hollywood Hills, and I was a game master for. 11 people for a, a one shot that lasted 12 hours and it was oh my god it, no, but it was so fulfilling it was amazing like people cried at the end of it um, oh my god did you like start early in the morning or how did uh, you... i think i think we started i think we started around one and then uh and then ended around you know midnight something like that that's wild. It was it was an amazing time. Like I said, we we had people crying, cheering. Once it was done, people yeah. getting up and clapping. It was, <laughs> yeah, it was it was just like an amazing thing that you live through, um, and you're a part right. of it. So that's why I love it so much. Yeah, I mean, I I may try it someday. Who knows? Um, I there is definitely like I refuse to. Um, what is it called? LARP. yeah okay fair enough fair enough i dated a guy and he's like he he was really into larping and then he was he was like well he's like yeah i just want to get you in a wizard outfit and take you larping and i was like you can want all you want but it's not gonna happen yeah yeah oh i don't know but uh i mean it the it didn't work out for other reasons, but you know, the LARPing was a, you know, it was a cherry on top. Mm. <laughs> yeah. It, that, that, I think that's a completely different animal. Um, still, yeah. you know, not, I'm not going to say anything disparaging against it. I don't, you know, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, it's fine. It's fine if it's your thing. Um, but I don't know. No, that just didn't work out because he was kind of like, it was like dating a child and he's poly and, Mm. I was very, very low on the totem pole, um, or whatever. I don't even know. Totem pole is probably not appropriate anymore. Uh, I don't know. But, but uh, he had a he had a wife and a child and a girlfriend and yada yada yada. And I was like, and there's nothing wrong with polyamorous at all. But it's just like I I think it would be kind of exhausting. Yeah. Oh. Uh, I guess everyone uh, does it a bit differently. I've known some people who are poly and uh, yeah, I don't know. Mm. I mean, I've dated multiple people at the same time and it's fine, but then I always wind up picking the wrong one. Uh (laughs) Yeah, like I, uh, the last one I chose uh, a closeted alcoholic over the, the stable guy. <laughs> but I didn't know, and then like all of a sudden, like he just was like, "Oh, I'm going into rehab," and I was like, "Oh shit!" <laughs> womp, womp. Uh, and it, yeah, and they still wanted to date, and I'm like, "You can't date anybody when you're in rehab. You just got to work on you." Mm. And then it was even w- weirder—not just the alcohol thing, but like I found out after a few months that. Um, his husband had died. Like he told me, his husband had died, but I I thought it was years ago. But at the po- at that point, I think we met in April or we started dating in April, and his his uh, ex husband had just died in October. <laughs> okay. And it was just like it was just no, but it just I don't know. That was that was wild. 
Wow. Yeah. I uh I choose well. I yeah, <laughs> yeah. Wow. Oh wow. Yeah, I know. I just, and I totally thought, like, I kept asking him because, like, I talked to him and he just, like, I didn't know him well, so I didn't know what his normal behavior was. Mm -hmm. So I couldn't tell if he was drunk or not. I was just like, are you on the spectrum? Are you on drugs? What's going on? I just kept playing the guessing game. Yes. I don't know. But, uh, yeah. I don't know. Dating's weird. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I'm just focused on... It sounds horrible. I'm just focused on work. <laughs> I'm just focused on myself. <laughs> yeah, I mean, really. Uh, you know, yeah. I've, I've got things that I want to make. And uh, yeah. as, as terrible as it sounds, I, like relationships don't really lend to getting those things finished. It's hard enough to finish them as it is. But if I were to like oh, r- yeah. try and then give half my time or whatever amount of time to somebody else, then... Yeah, I get it. I mean, I've been I've been on both sides of the coin. Um, my ex, like the ex, like Voldemort. Um, huh. <laughs> um he uh, is an artist and a musician and and all this stuff. And when we met, I was just moving to the south. I knew no one. I was needy. I was. 24 mm-hmm. and it was just like love me take care of me tell me how to live you know i was just waiting and i feel like i pretty much yokoed him to death <laughs> i mean not not death but yeah i yeah i feel like i wedged and he blamed me for a lot of like lack of creativity and you know just it was it was a tough relationship i mean it was six years of just roller coaster yeah um, so I can't imagine like I've been, you know, trying to write a book and get back into creative things. And I just can't imagine like dating somebody and doing that. Mm-hmm. I also just want to finish my book. And when I start dating somebody, just hand them the book and be like, there you go. What's the book about? It's an autobi- <laughs> Me. <laughs> it's an autobiography. Well, there you go. Um, yeah, I started, I, I decided that the pandemic had to be something uh, useful. And so I started writing that. I always wanted to write my story. Uh, but then, of course, you know, your inner saboteurs are always at work. And I always just like, oh, well, who's going to want to read it? And why bother? And who, all all those things. And then I just started writing. And it's like 300 pages. I haven't really written a lot lately because... Um, I kind of had to stop myself because it's like it's weird when it's your story. It's like, well, when do you, when do you stop writing? Mm-hmm. And then I wanted to tweak it more, and then I'd try and go back and edit it. But then it would be like editing it would be reliving a lot of stuff that I didn't want to. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's why I think that also this podcast spawned because. Um, it's almost like a companion piece to that. And I may release the book. I may not, I don't know, but um, it's at least on the page and it was very cathartic. Mm. Uh, And I feel like I discuss a lot of things about my life and, and things that I've written about anyway. Yeah. Um, But I just, I don't know, just 
if I if I ever do re- release it, I'm gonna have somebody edit it for me for sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that way you don't have to that. relive all those traumas and tr- the triggers yeah. and things like that. So yeah. Uh-huh. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and that, and that's why uh, that's why the podcast is called Traumadonna. There you go. Yeah, fair enough. Uh-huh. Well, my friend Ricky, and I feel like I mention that every single episode, but he, um, I told him I wanted to do a podcast because I did a couple of his. He does a, a horror uh, horror movie review podcast. And he's like, well, what would you talk about? And I said, well, I don't know. He's like, well, what are, you, what are you into? And I'm like, well, I like Madonna. I like Halloween. And I've been writing a book about trauma. And he's like, Traumadonna. I'm like, perfect. <laughs> perfect. Yeah, wonderful. <laughs> and I, but I have a lot of people go, I don't know a thing about Madonna. Why are you having me on the podcast? I'm like, it's not about that. <laughs> I it's, like that. It's bigger than that. It's just, you know, I just happen to be obsessed with the woman. That's all. Yeah. Well, I hate the word obsessed, but, you know, I've, I've been a fan since day one. I have nine Madonna tattoos, you know. Really? Give me give me one of uh-huh. your favorite Madonna stories. Oh, um... Well, I did meet her in um, 2000 in New York. I won an MTV contest. Okay. And it was one of those things where it's like every time I tell it, and I have to tell it a lot because then people find out and they're like, oh, how, how did it happen? Um, it just feels like I'm lying. Cause like, who the fuck wins an MTV contest? You, apparently. I Yeah. Um, but yeah, they... Uh, uh, there was some commercial for it, and they uh, they let you enter as many times as you wanted, which was a mistake. Because <laughs> I just sat there going, submit, back, submit, back, submit, back. And I know it must have been like 3,000 times because I had nothing better to do. Wow. I know. I was 22. So, I don't know. But, uh, yeah, I was 22. Um, but, uh, they called me and they asked me a bunch of questions and like, what does Madonna mean to you? And like, uh, you know, I explained how long I had liked her and that I felt like I was, uh, putting her kids through college with the amount of money that I had spent on her. <laughs> um, and I just remember my mom kept telling me, she's like, well, you're not going to win. Okay. And, you know, they just, they're like, well, we'll get back to you. And then this is I had a pager at the time because you know I was a doctor who sold drugs Mm -hmm. um and I just remember MTV paged me and I I was at work and of course this is pre-cell phones uh or at least they they weren't as big and I called my friend Gloria and I said I need you to three-way MTV for me because I need to call them back and then I called them they're like you won and I'm just like I (laughs) I had no real reaction because I didn't really think it was real. Uh-huh. And then I just hung up and then everybody was like screaming around me and like, I was just, like, what just happened? And then I, then I was like, I need to figure out what I'm going to wear. <laughs> um, but yeah. And then we went to New York and they lost uh, my suitcase and I got sick um, halfway through the trip. And when we got there, they were like, Oh, you know, blah, 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 you know, they introduced themselves and all that. Uh-huh. And they said, oh, you probably won't, you probably won't be able to meet Madonna. And I was like, wait a minute. That's what the whole commercial said. That was the whole point. Right. And so we were pissed off. We're like, whatever. But, um, 
then like right before we walked across the street to the venue um they flip on the cameras and they're like hey would you rather be in front row or meter and it was really obvious right so we decided to meet her and as i was waiting to take a picture backstage rosie o'donnell walks up and she's like hey all you guys no one of you met her yet and i was like rosie you're not helping <laughs> <laughs> i couldn't help it because i was so nervous and uh-huh. I, I brought my ex my ex-girlfriend with me and that was a mistake but um she told me to calm down and i just kind of flipped around and i said fuck you i'm meeting madonna i will not be calm <laughs> i mean i was in my head i was like going crazy yeah but, uh, and so you know she we lined up for the picture she shook my hand she thanks all for coming it was like a blur and then we went and found our seats and um it was just like i don't really remember the show because i was just like that was so fucking wild wow um and then i've encountered her manager a couple of times and he's made me a little queasy because like one time he was filming me and he's like he's like what does madonna mean to you and then i'm talking to him like i'm doing an interview i'm not looking in camera and he goes don't look at me look in the camera tell her <laughs> and i was like fuck you huh um and then the last time i saw him was great because i was really drunk and it was in chicago and he was going up the stairs and i kind of i didn't smack him but i like tapped him on the shoulder i was like hey and then he spun around and yeah, we had a chat. Oh, it was good. Slightly embarrassing. Ah. <laughs> At least he did he remember yeah. you? Uh, yeah. Um, I think he remembered me because of the tattoos. Because when he saw, um, I have a portrait from like a prayer, and when he saw me with that, um, at one of the shows, he, 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 I, I turned and then he looked at it and said, "Holy shit!" After the interview. Nice. No. Um, so I think he remembered, but yeah, it's it's uh, it's still weird. Yeah, well, um, and I I get I get butterflies every time I go. It's 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 just one of those. It's always cool to see your favorite person. Mm-hmm. I mean, but that's not that's not all I'm into. I mean, I um, I'm obsessed with Halloween, of course. Well, Halloween's the best. So, I mean, that's that's why oh. I travel down to New Orleans, just because I want to be in one of the most Halloweeny places on Earth during that special mm-hmm. occasion. And you'd be very good in in in, in Anne Rice. <laughs> yeah, <Don't worry. laughs> yeah, it'll be fun. Um, we'll, that that little vampire thing we made that was also fun this last time during New Orleans. Oh yeah, yeah. They got to uh, they got to show it over there. So, so some of the actors who were in it got to come and see it on the big screen, and that made me happy that they could I could share that with them, or they, you know the film yeah. fest could share that with them. So that was good. That was another fun Halloweeny experience in New Orleans. Yeah, what's your favorite scary movie? <laughs> so my favorite scary movies are actually the funny ones. I guess. I don't know. Oh, They're not yeah. really scary. So, like, I like Army of Darkness, Evil Dead Two. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really like mm-hmm. Cabin in the Woods, things like that. That I, was a wild movie. Cabin in the Woods was so I wild. Fucking <laughs> love Cabin in the Woods. Um, mm-hmm. I also liked um, like Reanimator, The Thing, which is I guess. Oh yeah, yeah. The Thing is kind of also like a thriller whodunit mystery with monsters involved. So I, it's scary, but it's there's so much, it's so much more than that. Um, yeah. but then I also just like, you... what's that? 
Oh, have you ever seen that movie called The Stuff? Yeah. With, with where it was, <laughs> about was like the, the yogurt or whatever. It was it was like some bl- blobby type. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. Um, there, that was just so ridiculous. There's this bar in New Orleans that shows this, like the weirdest, the weirdest horror movies sometimes. So I'll just sit there and and I've got this this thing where no matter what, if there's a TV on in a bar somewhere, if we go out to like eat and there's a TV on, I'm just gobsmacked staring at it. Um, <laughs> but um, so it was, oh man, I can't even think what these things are. Just the old B eighties horror movies, and they're amazing. And I'll just watch them. Some of the dumbest stuff, and I love them to death. Mm. Yeah, like uh, oh god, what is it? Dead Alive. That was another good one. Dead Alive is great. Peter Jackson. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Before uh, <laughs> that little trilogy he made. Yeah, I. Uh, what was it called? Uh, I don't remember. Something about a something circular. Yeah. yeah. Some kind of king of the circle, or. Yeah, yeah. The May, <laughs> the May circle. Uh, no, no, that's funny. Uh, but yeah, no. Yeah. It, it, it's it's just wild though to think about this guy who made Dead Alive, and then he comes into the studio and he's like, "Hey, I want you to give me hundreds of millions of dollars to adapt one of the most beloved." fantasy trilogies into into a movie me this guy remember the lawnmower and the chopping up the zombie yeah yeah that's, i want to go and and they're like you know what all right let's you're our guy <laughs> sounds sounds good he talked to the right people i guess i guess so. he did the networking yeah he did jesus yeah, that's that's all. Like, I have a lot of people that are like, "Well, how did you get into the industry?" I'm like, by accident. Um, and it's just, it's really who you know. Um, I was working at Spirit Halloween, and my boss was like, "Hey, come work for me," and I said no a few times. And then I thought, well, okay, let me just interview and see. And uh, then I did the interview, and they're like, "Well, you know, are you starstruck? Do you get, you know?" weird around celebrities and i said no i said unless it's madonna i'm fine <laughs> <laughs> and it's true i think the only person that like i really was kind of doing um somersaults in my head i mean i think i can say it now because it's well it's not really shits maybe not i don't know i don't know how that works mm. you can always edit it out it, true um aubrey plaza oh that was really cool to meet her. And it was, it was as awkward as I would ever want it. Like I went into her trailer and I was like, Oh, you know, she was like all spider webs and lacy. And it was like, you're dressed like I normally dress all gothy. And, uh, you know, I gave her stuff and I was like, you know, if you need anything, just let us know. And then I'm like, I'm Nick, by the way. And she looks at me and goes, Oh, you're Nick. And just stares at me. And I was like, uh, huh. <laughs> and just with those those big huge eyes and i'm like she knows me uh uh-huh, cute yeah i don't think you could yeah i don't think you can have it you'll probably get sued no of course you can add that that's a great story it's super cute i know i know yeah it is <laughs> i um yeah i really i go in there though and i just i'm there to do my job and i'm not i know some people try and kiss people's asses and treat them like they're royalty but mm-hmm. i'm just like hey i'm trying to do a job you're trying to do a job let's work together um because it makes everybody's life easier yeah. uh, i don't know i haven't had any divas yet other than you know 
uh, spouses. Yeah, kale and, and kale oh, and in other certain waters. Yeah, yeah, and other other assistants are awful. Sometimes it's like a it's like an assistant off, and a lot of times they'll uh, you know they'll take the credit for all the shit that I do. Mm. Uh, mm-hmm. like, oh yeah, I did. I did all this. I'm like, no, you didn't. But a lot of times they've been found out, so you just kind of wait for karma to take hold. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, but yeah. I don't. Have you ever? Have you ever? Uh, there's a website called PeterPanGuy.com, <laughs> and it's and and do it, I do I want to know? <laughs> well, so that so here's a deal. I don't know. This guy's like 60 years old. Dresses like Peter Pan, has his hair in the bottom, or maybe it's a wig. I don't know. He, I think he makes music. Um, and but he's always posting like really super positive stuff. Like if you don't want to grow up, you don't have to. I'm, you know, like I'm, I'm, I love Peter Pan, and it, you know, he's, I, he, who knows? If, I don't know what's going on mentally, but he seems very yeah. sound of mind. He just. Like yeah. like you with Madonna, he loves Peter Pan and he loves the idea of being young forever. And I don't blame him because I I would love that too. Yeah, he, he is a minor internet celebrity, and I think he may be the only. No, there's two, but I saw him on the street on Melrose, and mm-hmm. was like, "Oh my God, Randy, the Peter Pan guy! <laughs> what are you doing? Oh my God, I thought you lived in Florida. Do you live here now?" And he's like, oh, no, I'm just doing your shop. And I was like, wow, I hope you have a great day. I love your stuff. And I think you're a great person. And I think your positivity is infectious. And thank you so much for what you do. Bye. Oh, my God. That's amazing. <laughs> uh, I have to look him up. Yeah. Uh, and then and then I can think of another time. I just remember there's another time. There, do you, so you, you, have, you, you have, do you have a Whataburger in, in Georgia? Or just Chick-fil-A? No, but I, I know, I, I think they... They may be getting a, a Whataburger, but I know what it is. Yeah. I've just never had it. So I love it. It's my favorite fast food place. Okay. And yeah. and I'm in LA and I see someone. And it's totally keto, right? <laughs> if you just eat the meat and cheese, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, but no, I mean, yeah. I used to eat it all the time before my diet. And um, yeah. when I had the metabolism of a racehorse. And I saw someone that had a uh, one of the T-shirts. Like it was a, it was a Whataburger ketchup t-shirt. And I was like, oh shit. And I was telling my friend who I was eating with, I was like, yeah, this is place. This is great. You know, just like I'm doing now. I love it so much. Blah, 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 blah. So I'm like, I gotta go. I gotta go tell that guy he's got a cool shirt. And so I'm going to get a drink refill anyway. And he's, he's kind of turned around and I tap him and I'm like, excuse me. I just want to let you know your shirt. And when he turns around, he's a very famous basketball player from, so I'm from Houston, Texas. That's when I was a little kid. The Rockets had just won and blah, blah, blah. He was from the team that won the championship for the NBA. His name's Kenny Smith, the Rocket. And so when he turns around, I go, yeah, I just want to let you know you should. Oh, my God. <laughs> and shit the fuck. I just shit the bed. I was like, oh, my God. And then 180, just walked back to my seat. <laughs> oh, my God. Just left him there dumbfounded. Did not explain to him anything. Did not fi- just walk back to my seat. It was like, nope. <laughs> just <laughs> fucked up real i could not i got yeah i got i can't believe it like i got stars i know i know celebrities but this guy just he's yeah. he's a hero to me so yeah just like yeah. ah uh anyway yeah anyway i do it for the weirdest shit like and it's um 
like when somebody's like, oh, so-and-so's in this. And I'm like, okay. And they're like naming off movies and they're all like, you know, like regular movies. And I'm just like, I don't know. I mean, I, I do watch a lot of different movies, but like I do watch a lot of indie shit and a lot of foreign movies and whatnot. So if they're in something that's like kind of arty or, you know, not mainstream, then, then I get excited. I'm like, Oh, they're in this film. And then people look at me and blink. I'm like, okay, it's just me then. Mm. Um, but I get excited about that. Like um, on one of the shows, uh, Vincent D'Onofrio was on there and I went to set and he was like standing right next to me. And I'm like, it's the dude from the cell. It's, <laughs> <laughs> Like he had the creepy hooks and was all into kinky weird shit, but you know, <laughs> uh, the cell is amazing. That's probably that and uh, Science of the Lambs probably as far as I consider them horror movies, but I, I I like psychological horror. I'd say the cell is yeah, I'd agree with that. Yeah, it's so fucking it's gorgeous, and I wish that I think was this I can't remember the guys. Tarsim, is that his name? The director? the director? I don't know. I'm terrible with names. Well, he only did two movies, and it's like, that's it. He really? did Cell in the Fall, and apparently he ran out of the movies. Hmm. But I wish he'd direct more. Hmm. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. I can't imagine. I, uh, I feel like being a director would probably be a big headache, but who knows? I mean, there's only one way to find out. Try your hand I, at I it. Don't wanna do, I, I don't want to. I don't. Are you sure? Uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I half the time I don't even like want to be near the camera, mm. and when I am, something weird happens. Uh, <laughs> like one time, I had to bring balloons and like flowers to set for somebody's birthday, and thankfully they weren't recording at the time. But like, I wasn't sure where they were like set up, and it was in a mall. And so, you know, I just walk with the balloons through the mall and I wound up like walking through like the, the setup of the yeah, camera. Yeah. And I was like, oh, fuck. And they're like, we're over here. Like, don't go through there. And I'm like, okay. they were filming at a hot topic. <laughs> uh, uh, see, we'll see if there's if there's a PA involved, they would have been able to tell you like, oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah, I know. Um, and then the other time I, I had to go... Um, they were on set and uh um whatchamacallit i think i had to bring somebody coffee and i was waiting for them to finish the take and they kept doing it over and over because they're doing some kind of stunt thing mm-hmm. and they're like oh you need to take it over here blah blah, blah. i'm like uh, and i just find the person who stands still the longest and i ask them i'm like well where's that and what do i do and who's what because mm. i don't know i half the time i feel like i don't belong there i mean not I, I, I do, but it's just, it's weird because I don't spend a lot of time. And so I was waiting for them to finish the scene and holding this coffee. And like, I just noticed there's a camera on a crane, but it's like moving backwards, like at me. And I was like, I must leave. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it wasn't going fast, but I was like, hey, that camera's moving. I should probably get out of the way. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just, I'm awkward on set and it's fine. I am too. But it's only because it's, it's, yeah, well, you probably get paid to be awkward. Yeah. I did see your, your, uh, your outtake pictures today. Oh yeah. That's, (laughs) uh, there was so many fun things that we did that did not make it into the commercial. 
and that, that's the same way yeah. it was with the last one too. They these guys they they write so many jokes and they just throw them all at the wall and see which ones stick with the client. But it's those yeah. co- those commercials are a lot of fun. I hope to get to, I I hope I get to work with those people again. It's a great crew. What uh, what was that for? Uh, for a towel commercial, uh, tessellate towels. Uh, uh-huh. It's the sand-free beach towel. So they're, they're, <laughs> they're supposed to be running them. I know they're running in Australia right now, and they're supposed to also yeah. run them over here because I had to do different takes for, uh, for Australians and different takes for Americans. And um, <laughs> I don't know if it's been showing over here yet, um, but I know it has been showing over there. My friends have already hit me up like, Oi, we saw your fucking commercial over here. Good <laughs> on ya, it's funny. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, it's, it's, it, it makes me real happy. That's probably, that's probably one of the greatest things, besides, you know, financial, getting a paycheck. But um, yeah. when your friend's just like taking a picture, they're in some dive bar, and they're like, look, you're on the telly. It's yeah. It's a lot of fun. It, yeah, it makes me yeah. happy. Um, my my brother and my best friend both um, they sat through. Well, I mean, they wanted to watch She Hulk anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, but my brother would text me like every night it came on, and he'd be like, "You weren't in the credits this time either." And I'm like, "I know. I started on the reshoots. It's fine. I'll be on the next one." But both of them were like, "I look for your name." Like. But it was cute. Yeah, that's really super nice. I liked She-Hulk. That was a lot of fun. Yeah, it was... I didn't... I, I watched the whole show, but I didn't really get... I'm trying to think of how long I was even on the... It was like maybe a month or two. The It was like at the tail end. Mm-hmm. And so I didn't really get to know anybody. Um, and I was just trying to figure out like what the hell I was doing because I was just kind of thrown into that. And then I started doing that along with um, Echo at the same time, which was really confusing. And accounting really hated me after a while because <laughs> I had two different production cards. And sometimes you mix things up, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Accounting is, uh, yeah. I try and stay on their good side because I've been yelled at a lot. Uh, I I wish I knew who my accounting team was so that I can ask them where my money is. I've been waiting, seriously, I've been waiting for like five months for my checks to come in. Jesus. Yeah. It would be great if I could pay off some of this credit card debt that I've been using to uh, kind of float by on while the strike is going on. Yeah, is that from the commercials or uh it's from it's um, from this last commercial yeah and then there's also um somehow like i did something in new orleans for uh i can't remember what it's called um anyway for a bet plus show over there and Mm -hmm. uh, i was using a temporary address because uh my agents i guess i needed to have like a local address or something like that and right. for whatever reason, uh, all my residuals and everything like that, SAG started sending over there, even though I didn't live there. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. um, I tried to get a hold of them and tell them to send it, send all those residuals to my house. But, uh, you know, the strike was going on. I don't know if they've got it or they had more important yeah. things to do with. But, uh, yeah, hoping I can get those two. Yeah, that would be nice. Yeah. Money is nice. It is still trying to figure, 
like tomorrow's my last day of spirit. Mm-hmm. Um, we're breaking down my store and I know that we got an email about reshoots, but I have no idea when. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, please just, I mean, it would be nice to have a little bit of a break, but not too much of a break. Yeah. Um, and it is a bummer because like right before the strike happened, we were about to sign on to a movie, which that's, you know, quite a long assignment. And I did not have a gap. Like I was just two years just going like gangbusters and did three shows. And um, and then the strike happened and it felt like COVID all over again. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> like, here we go again. I guess I'll go back to spirit. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> That's not, that's but it made me it made me appreciate my job though cuz you know I mean I I love I do love spirit but it is a lot of physical work and it's very um stressful you know retail yeah I uh oh, yeah even even like tattooing uh people people are under the impression that I I have some kind of love affair with tattoos it's just it's a job um, yeah, and and when I tell people I don't particularly like doing it, uh, they're like, "Oh, but you're so good at it." And I don't know that this doesn't seem like a good enough answer, like uh, a good yeah. enough reason. I'm sh- I'm sure, uh, you know, a line cook at McDonald's is is good at you know making the griddles, <laughs> but that doesn't mean they wouldn't rather be living their dream. So when I get the opportunity yeah. to to do some kind of acting, even if it doesn't pay, if it's, if it's good and it's, it's like fulfilling. Uh, oh yeah. man, I, I just, there's nothing like it. Yeah. It's a, it's an interesting world. It's one that I didn't expect. And it's funny cause I have a lot of people tell me, they're like, Oh, I always saw you in this industry and I'm like, Oh, okay. Hmm. Um, but, uh, Oh God, what was my point? I lost, I lost my train of thought. That's terrible. <laughs> Sorry, with it, you can edit this one now. There you go. I suppose. I just. Um, I know you don't want yeah, to edit. Talking, I don't. We're talking about being good at what we do, and um, and not always liking it, and um, and then me getting into this. I don't know. I mean, it's 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 rewarding. It's creative. Oh yeah. Um, I think what it was is when I first went on to the um, studio and when I went to um, the art department, that was kind of like, it felt like I went home and that was when I was like, okay, you know, and you get those moments where you're like, all right, well, I'm, I'm doing something I should be and I'm on the right path. Yeah. And that's why I got so bummed out when the strike happened. Cause it's like, is this ever going to go back? Am I just going to have to like, am I done with this? Mm. Um, and, and my sister asked me, she's like, Oh, well, you know, I told her about reshoots and stuff. She's like, well, have you applied other things that are non-industry related? <laughs> and I said, I don't want that two years to be in vain. I don't want to give it up. It just feels right. Yeah. And I've met, I've met so many great people and it's just the fact that you get to be like, you know, you get to play pretend and, and make art and, and do wonderful things. Yeah. I didn't get it until I finally saw, you know, I first started watching She-Hulk and I was like, well, shit, like we did that. Yeah. And it's different once you've like worked on something. It's like, 
I feel like I'd pay more attention to credits and things more so now than I did before. Yeah. Uh, like I'll I'll stay and watch the credits because I'm like, well, those are all somebodies. Yeah. I think that's a, a nice thing that Marvel does putting the the like post credit scenes. It actually people will stick around for the credits. And they yeah. and, and you know that does give the people who work on it a little bit of uh, recognition. Yeah. Yeah, I um I I guess just with Marvel it's interesting because it's like I don't I'm not too familiar with the universe mm-hmm. and one time I actually asked my roommate to explain it to me and I think I just blinked him for 10 minutes. <laughs> Um, I like it. I um, I'm not really much of a comic person. Like, I guess the comics that I was into was like Sandman. Okay. Um, but so, just the whole the, and it's it's such a huge universe that it kind of makes my head spin. Mm-hmm. I'm like, uh, I'm always like, I need to know where to start. And they're like, well, blah blah blah. I'm like, I'm like, I okay. So I just watch like I pick and choose. I watch a little bit, but. Uh, I think it's probably good that like I'm not totally starstruck and I'm not a uh, you know comic book person I guess because it's like I don't really know what's happening. <laughs> I'm just like I'm there to do my job and I don't know um, half the characters and and my brother asks me questions all the time because he's super into it and um, so sometimes I'll go to him and I'm like well who's this person and what's that yeah. Um, and I, I, you know, and then there are things, you know, on the call sheets that have, you know, the plot lines and stuff, but it's all, I don't know. I'm just more concerned about times and locations and stuff, I guess. Yeah. Well, you, got, um, well, you have a job to do. Yeah. yeah. I am excited about Agatha when it comes out. What? Um, yeah. What is it? Agatha? Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's a, it's a spinoff of uh, WandaVision. Ooh, really? Yeah. yeah. I did yeah, not know. Uh, you're like one of the few. Yeah, I um, it's like all over the place. That's why I'm like, well, I probably can talk about it. It's Agatha all along. Yes, and everyone that was on that show was amazing. And uh, I'm very excited about it. But it got pushed back. It was originally supposed to be like December this year, but everything got pushed way back. Oh, that's good. I like that. Yeah. Now I have have all these things racing through my head like, what will it be? (laughs) Is Mephisto going to be there? Are the kids coming back? Is this how they're going to be part of the timeline? Will Wanda get her redemption um, after? Uh, here I am. Yeah, I'm not spoilers alerts. Well, yeah, Should've... I know these are things that I cannot talk about because of an NDA. Oh yeah, no, no. I'm just saying my my even speculating is is giving away some spoilers, or you know, lightly, but still, I don't want to spoil anything on the podcast. So I know I'm not giving anything away. I'm not saying nothing. Oh no, no, no. I like I actually like wondering. And uh, yeah. that's that's part of the fun of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the internet ruined things as far as like spoilers and stuff. 
because um, everybody, like, half the time I don't even have to watch a show, especially if it's something popular, because people post things about it all the time. Like, I've never seen Game of Thrones, yet I know what happens on it, because everybody in Facebook, like, posted when it was on, like, every day. Yeah. Um, I don't know. And I just, I, I don't know, There's, I guess there's something, there's a some sort of terminology for it, but Usually the more popular something is, the less I want to watch it because it's just so in your face. And everybody's like, you have to watch this. And I'm like, I don't. Yeah. Um, I like to watch things on my own time. Like I, I tried to watch Stranger Things and I couldn't get into it. No, I mean, that that's that's a very real thing. I, I'm the same way. I still haven't seen the fucking Godfather. <laughs> oh, Godfather's good. But I, I know. It's... I, it's but Godfather 2 is even supposed to see I know Godfather 2 is supposed to be better than Godfather and I know they're both classics I've seen the show about the making of the Godfather oh yeah which was yeah. that show is great and I was like and I, I want to watch the Godfather but it's one of those things where it feels like it's going to be such a meaty thing I don't yeah I don't allow myself to even watch television unless I'm eating so yeah. I, I watch it twice a day I'll have brekkie watch it watch part of a show maybe the entire thing and then i'll have dinner and watch the rest of it because i have yeah. so many freaking projects going on like i said if the tv is on i'm just staring at it so i try to keep myself <laughs> away from any screen time anything like that unless i'm working on my computer which it, stuff has to get done and if i am distracted it's not going to be there i've only got a limited amount of time and i've got a lot of projects i'm trying to trying to get ready so yeah, yeah. um the Godfather's like three hours or something. It's like really long. Uh, yeah, I think so. Depending on which cut you're watching. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, but I really, I totally get it when people are like you have to watch this, and I'm like, I ain't got time, bruh. Yeah. Um. I know it's good. I just it, any everything in its own time, I guess. Like, um, and there's certain things that I've never seen that I don't really even care. Like, I've never seen Top Gun, and everybody's like, Oh my god! I'm like. No, I've never seen it. And everybody's like, but that volleyball scene. I'm like, I still don't care. <laughs> you could just like, YouTube I, that one scene. Yeah. And also, uh, it's Tom Cruise and he's a Scientologist and that's gross. So there's that. Mm. <laughs> so, hopefully you're not a Scientologist. Oh, I am. And now I'm super Live. offended. Yeah, no, I couldn't. <laughs> I did go in, however, I did go into the um, the personality test. So they give they make you hold like these, I don't know, metal tampons, and they're like, okay, here's some questions. Oh yeah, they have a name for them. I can't forget. Yeah, remember. we're gonna measure yeah. your, your thetons or whatever the fuck. And then uh, they're asking me like <laughs> these questions, and they're like, based on our scientific, I don't know, whatever. Uh, they're like, it says that you have. Low, low self-confidence and no friends. Oh my God. We think you should change your <laughs> life. And I was like, are you kidding me? I'm so egotistical. You're out of your fucking mind. And like, and you have no friends. I'm like, I've got sy sycophantic. Yes, I've got heaps of friends. We're, my friends love me. I, just, I love my I, friends. I just picture you saying you're egotistical and like flipping your hair at them. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that was just, it was just a good laugh. Uh, yeah. And then they followed me down the block. It was good. Good fun. <laughs> yeah, I um, 
I encountered a couple of them when I was in Hollywood and I was like, nope, like, especially, and that was like right after I watched Going Clear and I was like, can we just like light a match next to the building? And well, they're taking over Clearwater, Florida now. Oh God. They've got their whole town. They've just bought. Florida just needs to go sink into the ocean. The only good thing about it is Disney World and, you know, and well, I love Miami too. I was about to say, I love Miami. And um, yeah, Miami's amazing. I, I was, where was I? Just recently in Jacksonville and I had a good time there as well. It was just beautiful. Hmm. I just love it. Yeah. I, just, I just love the, the way it looks. It's gorgeous. Um, now, oh, I didn't, I I didn't like, have to do I with, like. Oh, sorry. I was going to say, I didn't have to deal with all the bigots and everything like that because I was with my friends who love me. But I know there are a lot of trash policies over there, like we were talking about yesterday. Yeah. Yeah, all the good stuff that got echoed out, it's fine. (laughs) And I I thought about it, too, because I was like, oh, well, I should, like, have talking points. And I'm like, no, that's not what this is about. It's all gone. It's fine. It was just a good combo. Yeah. Yeah, we knocked out of the park yesterday. For all those people listening to this this particular episode going, wow, this is just them talking about movies and stuff, and it's so boring. Yesterday, we got into such intense discussion about gender norms and mm-hmm. fuck 12 and toxic relationships. And, and abortion. Abortion. Uh, women's rights. Yeah. Just, uh, and now, yeah. now yeah. here we are. What's your favorite horror movie? <laughs> Yeah, we did all the we did all the heavy lifting of the last episode, and now we're just like this is this is the relaxed version. This is the relaxed fit. <laughs> this is what you get now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's got um, what is it? Elastic waist. I don't know. Yeah, it's, the elastic waist has been a bit. Know. It's a bit worn. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, it used to be a lot, you know, there was, there was more, but I don't know, but I, I was just like, I don't want to have to repeat. And it's like, it's just silly. No, it's like yeah. when I, when I discovered that reality TV was fake and it was on that MTV trip. And I remember getting to the penthouse and then asking me about everything. And it was telling me about, they lost my luggage and we, you know, we had to wait and blah, blah, blah. And I just remember some girl ran up with a camera and she's like, can you do that again? And I was like, what? I was like, what you were just saying? And I said, do you want me to do another take of reality? Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. And that's when I realized it was all fake. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because uh, it's like, who would watch it if it weren't contrived? And I mean, if it was just a bunch of people just sitting around like, you know, in their sweats, like, you know, just doing nothing. And like, I don't know, it just, they, they have to make it interesting. And then I know they encourage people and they probably get people to drink and like, Oh, maybe you should do this. Maybe you should play a fun game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They have them where they're like, today you need to get into an argument. You need this today. Yeah. And then, yeah, I've seen, yeah. I've seen it a couple of times. I've been on set for a couple of reality. In fact, one of my, uh, one of my good friends, she's a, she's a reality TV producer out in, out in Miami. And yeah. So, yeah, she tells me all about it. I'm not going to give away all the secrets because I want her job to be stable, but yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's all, yeah, it's, it's, it's mostly fake. It's mostly all fake. Yeah, I know people like, oh, it's not scripted. I'm like, there may not be a script, but the content is definitely controlled. Oh, yeah. 
it's heavily <laughs> heavily controlled it's just well and that's why i think that what they filmed when we went were in new york uh that none of that ever saw the light of day because i think that it wasn't as salacious as it could have been like mm-hmm. they they interviewed us sort of but they seemed to pay attention to different people like they picked like the gayest of all of us and like we're gonna follow you because you're hip and fun and super gay mm-hmm. and i was like i guess i'm just boring california gay over here <laughs> boo california gay boo just so boring what are you gonna yeah well i mean surf <laughs> fucking no i don't know what to say not even that because i'm from uh the bay area so like i grew up in um farming community uh probably 45 minutes to an hour outside of san francisco like east bay area okay like everybody's like, oh, coming out was must have been real great. And I was like, not really. It was 1991, and it was farming community and Southern uh, Baptist. Emotionally. Well, yeah. I mean, well, we were raised with that. I mean, my grandfather was from the South, and so it it spilled over because um, I don't think there was any like Southern Baptist churches out there. Mm-hmm. But it was super Baptist. Like I went to a uh, Christian school, Christian camp, uh, anything with Christian on it. <laughs> fun. Um, yeah, but it was it was not fun, and and even uh, you know, like I had mentioned yesterday, like I almost my mom wanted to put me in conversion therapy and uh, dodge that bullet. Mm. So let's pray the gay away. Yeah, pretty much. And it's weird how I'm glad that when I came out, it wasn't in the age of social media. I mean, it was bad enough because I, I came out in first period by lunch, the whole school knew. Mm. And so I just, I'm trying to imagine how it would have been, you know, with Facebook and, and Snapchat and whatever shit kids are using. MySpace. <laughs> MySpace. Damn. <laughs> Yeah. I still sometimes I remember my login and sometimes I go there and it's really weird. It's like, oh my god, like who did it? Just that was the big thing and like, oh, you're top eight. What is it now? I need to go like describe it. Well, it's it's like the same, but it's almost like some internet graveyard or something. Ooh. I mean, people are still on it, but I don't know who. And like, my page is still there and active, and you know, it's got those annoying. Uh, animated, whatever the things, uh, uh, and the and the music. <laughs> I need to go like... and make a MySpace page. Oh, did you did you ever have one? I need to. <laughs> I am. Uh, I'm gonna you're do. Gonna it. single. I'm gonna, gonna bring, bring it back. Back. <laughs> That'd be so sick. That'd be so Where sick. Where the fuck is Tom? <laughs> I want to see Tom. I I would fucking love to do that. That'd be so fun. Yeah, I think I like looking back, and I don't. But I think it's good because then you realize real how far you've come. Mm. Um, it is kind of terrifying, and that's why like writing the book was hard. But then it's like I'm here. Um. And a lot of people will be like, you know, oh, what if you did this or shoulda, woulda, coulda, or what would you do differently? But if I did something differently, I wouldn't be here. Right. Um, I just can't really imagine because, like, even 
when I moved out to the South for my ex, um, if I hadn't moved, it would have been completely different. I mean, I was living at home at the time. A year later, my mother died. I can't even imagine like living at home when she died. Oh, I don't know. Yeah. Um, so just, there are a lot of things that, that push you. Um, you know, and I used to, I used to be very angry about the whole ex situation. And I used to feel like it was his fault. Like I moved out here for him and, and he of course would always go, well, I never asked you to come out here. And I was like, thanks. (laughs) (laughs) That's always good to hear. Or when I, we broke up temporarily, I went back to California and he's like, I was going to ask you to move in with me. I'm like, you were not. Hmm. And he, and he never gave me back the damn ring. I bought him the coolest ring ever. I was going to propose. I didn't. But then I wound up like throwing it at him. And then, you know, whatever. But all I wanted was my video camera and the ring. Uh, yeah, I don't care about the video camera anymore. <laughs> That's. I mean, it's fine. He's in Texas somewhere. Just like the song. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I have people that look him up because, like, I have him blocked on stuff. And I, my my boss is even like, I want to see what your ex looks like. I'm like, okay, find him on Facebook. Um, I don't know. It's just one of those, like, I feel like your first big ex is, even though it sucks, it's very important because it, oh yeah, you learn a lot. There's a lot of growth, usually. I can't speak for everyone, yeah. but uh, hearing your story and then, you know, relating it to mine with the toxic ex, there was, there was a lot mm. of growth and I'm appreciative for things that I was able to realize throughout the course of the relationship. Yeah. It helped uh, me grow. Oh yeah. And with me, I realized that, I mean, where it differs there is I, I realized that with, both me and my ex, we were kind of both the bad guy because um, mm. it just it just was not a good fit. And, you know, you always want to blame somebody. I mean, obviously, with your ex, you can blame her because she was fucking crazy. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. I really I'm just I'm, I'm mad that that I don't want you to relive it or retell it. But the, your your story with the cops and everything was just amazing. Ah uh, well, yeah, I know. That's, but, uh, that's for another is... time. Oh yeah, no, definitely. I mean, it just it's exhausting to rehash stuff and like re. But uh, yeah, it's, like, it's, honestly, know, it's one of the reasons. Exhausting. Yeah, it's one of the reasons why I'm glad we're doing the relaxed fit today because it was it was really exhausting yesterday, and I don't I don't know if yeah. I have the the emotional capacity to go through all that again. Maybe, oh, maybe like maybe like in a month or two, we could we could try and yeah. revisit some of those things that we spoke on. But but for yeah. now, I'm relaxed. Oh, no. Under the cozy yeah, covers. Nice. And I don't want you to rehash anything. And I, I get it. I mean, that's it's a lot. Um, so, yeah, everything in its own time. And, and, and it doesn't even necessarily even need to be on another episode. It's just one of those yeah. things. Like, people will just wonder now. For those for those of the, you listening who are, you know, just, just gleaning <laughs> what we may be speaking of, we did this, we tried to have this yesterday, and um, there was a bad echo. It's it's unusable, the audio. You wouldn't even be able to sit through it. It's, it's terrible. Yeah. It's ghastly. I, so, 
I tried, and no, I tried and to listen did. to it, and I was just like, huh, yeah, huh. yeah. It's it's abhorrent. <laughs> it's it's abhorrent. But you did your best. And, um, yeah. And it's just and too I even bad. sped it up, but then we sounded like chipmunks or something. Yeah, it, just, just... it, it took away the echo, but it was just like yeah. The the only thing that you'd be able to do is probably put it into one of those AI readers and just have a fake voice. You just transcript oh, <laughs> what what all the words were, and it, and then the AI reader would just read the transcripted words. And oh my just... god, I may have to do that just for like a wild one-off episode. <laughs> <laughs> just, just get Hugh, find the most Hugh Jackman voice ever. Uh, just get Hugh Jackman's AI voice to read mine. That'd be great. Okay, I'll work on that. <laughs> or or uh, Chris Hemsworth. <laughs> oh my god. No, we'll do Gilbert Godfrey. Ass wagon. Oh my god. Yeah, no, I don't think so. <laughs> Gilbert Godfrey. Didn't he die? Yeah. He did die. Yeah, he died. R.I.P. Yeah. Gilbert yeah. Godfrey, the legendary comedian. Yeah. Uh, got getting fired from Affleck for doing a too soon joke about nine eleven. Oh yeah. In 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 twenty twenty, I think it was or something. And he's like, "Too Where soon." Where are you? During. Uh, Where were you during nine eleven? I don't know. <laughs> when did that even happen? I think I was in a coffin somewhere. I was like, uh, like uh, yeah. 2001. Holy crap. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Wait, how, how old are you? 69. Hot. You look good for 69, you know? That's because of... It's, that, it's, it's your, the merman skin. Yeah. Jeans or whatever, oh, yeah. Even though you don't. <laughs> Mermen don't wear jeans, actually. No. It's uh yeah. Wait, what are your pronouns again? It and that. Oh, no. he Finn. He Finn. Ah, <laughs> wow. Over my head. <laughs> what a terrible, what a terrible guest I am. You set me up and oh, I just fucking I did. did not it's, get the layoff. You just, put, you just like looked at it, go up in the air and looked at it, go down on the ground. You're like, well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fine. What was that for? <laughs> what job? What? <laughs> Wait. I always tell people, I'm like, my pronouns are call me. I'm like, I don't give a shit what you call me as long as you call me, I guess. Oh, uh, cute. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, also for the folks at home, um, I discovered this one on a um, uh, native hair care commercial where he played a merman. Yeah, if you see that in uh, Charming ad. With a, it is. It's a, real good. I th I think it's cute as hell. Um, yeah. The the other every, every, like seriously, it was just a really great experience, and um, I I drove down yeah. to San Diego to be a part of that. I slept in my car. I didn't tell them that, but you had to be a local hire, and yeah. there's no way I was going to pass on it. So, but I, I do that over here yeah. too. Like the the people that I meet in New Mexico, I came over here because one of my friends was like, "You got to come out and check the acting scene over here." And then I ended up. Uh, crashing on couches, sleeping in my car, doing what I have to do because, like I said, this is the dream, and I'll do what I have to to, you know, do my best in it. 
and um, yeah. I'll make myself available for pe the people who have interesting projects they want me to be a part of. And it's inspiring me to to live my best life. And hopefully the the work that we make can inspire others. Yeah, I think I honestly think like the film industry and the entertainment industry. Uh, and this is one of the things that I was getting a little upset with when, when I'd go and uh, these comments, these people, the haters, you, I guess you'd call them, um, they would they would complain that the SAG actor strike, they'd be like, oh, why don't you just shut up? You just want more money. Ugh. And I'm like, where would you be without the art that these people create? Right. The, the media that has probably shaped you as a person. Yeah. Um, it gave a lot of people personalities who didn't have them. Exactly. Um, it teaches us lessons. It gives us people to relate to. It helps us identify. And it just, I, I, I can't believe there were so many people that were just like saying these horrible things about those that were striking to get their fair share. And, yeah. um, I mean, but I, that is, that is, I, I like to be able, I know these, you know, you'll have people who go out and they'll do the nine to five and it's, it's grim and they hate it. They come home. One of the few things they have to look forward to is that show that came out this today or, or like the movie they've been putting on hold because they really wanted to watch it. And it's an escape yeah. and it's, and it's this yeah. magical thing that I'm just so in awe of. And I, I absolutely yeah. love, I, I love the, the end product. I know it can be grueling to make the thing, you know, it's, it's hell like editing, casting, all of it, directing, it could be so mm -hmm. much trouble and, and you do, you, you butt heads and there is dramas behind the camera as well as in front, but damn mm -hmm. it, once it's done, holy shit. So much yeah. fun. It's so great. It's so fulfilling. Yeah. That's why I tell people I have uh, creative ADD because, like, I just, being creative, whatever, it's just, it fuels your soul, whether it's making music or movies or drawing or painting or writing, um, even photography. It's just, there's something about it that is very fulfilling and nurturing. Mm -hmm. Just that process of creativity and it's just that end result and just being proud of that and being able to um, inspire others because you know that's the main reason why I was like well fuck it I'm gonna write this book and then fuck it I'm gonna do a podcast because I'm like if there's one person out there that's like okay and they hear something I say and I inspire them what have you I feel like I've done my job as a human on this planet yeah leave the world a little bit better than when you came into it yeah, I did once have a drag queen tell me that she started doing drag because of me, and that was really cool. That is really cool. Um, I used to perform, but like as kind of like gender fuck androgynous, whatever. And my stage name was Boy Donna. <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah, they I saw him in a club once, and they said, you know, I started performing because of you, and I was like, holy shit! I'm like, that's cool. That is fucking um, cool. It's it's just nice to hear and it's it's just you never know uh what kind of effect you have that's why it's really important to be very careful about what you're presenting to the world yeah um and just don't be a shitty person
Yeah. Uh, so I made a religion based oh. off of it's called Wild Stallions Ministries and the Disciples <laughs> of the Excellent Adventure. <laughs> oh my god, I love that. And excellent. <laughs> it is. It is absolutely excellent. And and I we, we have a Facebook page and everything. And you only have your two commandments, and that is be excellent to each other and party on. Yeah. That's it. That's amazing. Because the first one pretty much takes care of everything else. And the second right. one just reminds us to have fun. Yeah. And so I have a, I have a quick Bill and Ted story, too. Um, of course. So I was in a terrible house fire. And okay. uh, third degree burns that fused my right leg into, like if you crick, if you crick your your index finger, it's like a nine degree angle. Mm -hmm. That's how my leg was, and the skin oh had God. melted from my thigh onto my calf, so I couldn't bend it past that. And I was in the hospital, and every day I was like, uh, I don't know, like thirteen years old. Every day that the the, um, the nurses and the doctors would come in, and they would take like a wire type sponge type thing and they would scrub my wound because Ugh. because new tissue would be growing on it so i had these exposed like nerves that were dying and they had to basically scrub them away it was painful I, I broke the hospital chair uh the, the hospital bed that i was in because it was it was so excruciating and i was only 13 the strength that it must have taken to yeah. do that but yeah. one thing this this one escape that I had was like I don't know it was like what was those eight old movie channels like TNT or something they for yeah. for that month I guess they would just keep playing Bill and Ted so Bill and Ted came on would come on like three or four times a day or whenever it would just keep coming on and I absolutely loved seeing these dudes who were so positive throughout everything mm -hmm. and it's why yeah. here you go it's why my hair's long. It's why I, I like rock music, I think, maybe. Like, we're talking about media <laughs> influencing who you become. Oh, yeah. This yeah. movie helped me get through this traumatic experience, and it helped influence who I try to be, or who right. I do my best to be, and that's someone who is trying to be positive and, you know, share these types of things, share goodness with the world. But um, so then, you know, when I hear the third movies coming out, I'm in, I'm in Australia and, and they, they've kind of been like playing with the idea that, Oh yeah, we might, they're toying it, flirting with us. Like, Oh, we're going to have a third movie, but they were in the Hollywood bowl. Alex Winter and Keanu Reeves were like, we're making it. It's going to be made. <laughs> and I immediately went on the, I got a hold of my, all my agents. I was like, whatever you got to do, I'm, I need to be in this fucking movie. Whatever you got to do, get me a, get me a role. Let me audition. Find out what I need to do, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, okay, okay, John. I'm not a big actor. They're not going to be able to find me anything, but I don't care. I'm telling them anyway. Um, I can't <laughs> wait for them anymore. I end up getting agents. I find out with the filming. They're filming in New Orleans. I get agents in New Orleans. I fly from Australia to LA, buy myself a car, drive from <laughs> LA. <laughs> Meanwhile, on Instagram, messaging anyone I know who might be involved in the film industry out there, like, hey, what's going on? How do I have to, I don't care what I have to do. I'll be a grip. I'll be a PA. I'll get people waters. I don't, what, like, I need to be a part of this. My name needs to be on the credit of this film that has shaped my life. So I'm driving over there, 
texting people there at rest stops, trying to figure out what's going on. Finally, I get a hold of someone who um, who's working on the film. They're doing um, they're doing wardrobe, and they say, mm-hmm. "Here is the site. This is the this is the casting agency that you need to go through. They're posting stuff every day. Um, this is how you get on. So every day, rest stop, casting." Uh, I'll submit to everything, whatever. I'll be everything. And it's a bunch of historical figures and stuff like, yeah, I, c- I could be a Genghis Khan, whatever. I'll do it. Um, and, and I'm going to, and I'm going there. I end up staying in New Orleans for like a week or two, just every day, submitting, 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 s- sleeping on a couch, submitting, submitting, um, nothing. And then uh, the last day they're like, okay, this is the last day we need demons. And I submit and, and I hear nothing and I'm like, fuck. So I was like, okay, well, you know what? That's all right. Because I gave it my best. I followed my dream and I have absolutely no regrets, not a one regret. So I'm driving back. I drive back to Houston and still top of the world. I'm just happy they're making it. And Mm. I'm like, you know what though? I'm just going to go ahead and check. I know they said it was the last day of casting, but I'm just going to go ahead and check that casting site one more time and see if there's anything there. And so I do. And there is. And it's Roman soldier, something, something, the Pharaoh, something, some other few roles. And I'm like, I'll submit to all of them. And I don't expect anything <laughs> because, you know, I've, I've done it all before. And so I, yeah. I, I put my, I put my computer away and start packing up so I can hit the road. And I'd say about 10 minutes after I submit, I'm getting a phone call, 504 number. And that's area code for <laughs> New Orleans. And I'm like, oh, my God. Hello. Uh, hello. Yes, this is the casting company. We just uh, we saw that you submit for the Roman soldier. And we were wondering if you'd be able to come in for a fitting uh, this afternoon. It's about a six-hour drive away from where I am now. And I'm like, Oh, um, I'm actually at work right now, but I could come after work if that's okay. Yeah, that'd be fine. Can you get here before this time? Yeah, I'll be there right away. Hang up, speed all the way to new Orleans, get there an hour early. They put this armor on me. The armor does not fit for shit. The, the, the helmet, like the points of the helmet, uh, are going into my temples, causing me severe pain. But I will not let that oh stop me. I will not be like, yeah, I can't do this. <laughs> yeah, I'm in a little bit of pain. It's a bit of discomfort. I'm just gonna, if you don't mind, I'm just gonna go back to uh, LA and back to Oz. It's fine. Um, no, so I take it. And then they're like, okay, you're the Roman soldier. We go out, I remember the first day, um, I'm right next to Keanu and Alex and um, Death from, Death comes out yeah. and um, just walks right up to me in character. Hello, how are you? <laughs> just talking. And I'm like, I'm great. I just flew from Australia to be a part of this. And he's like, what? And I tell him a bit of the story. And he's like, that's mad. That's great. And I was like, yeah, this means a lot to me. It's sweating. It's like 115 degrees out, just sweating in this polymer plastic just suit. <laughs> they they actually had a team because I was there for a week. They had a team eventually who were so like the wardrobe team was so they had my back because I was in pain all the time and I'd come out and, yeah. and it was like when they took the helmet off you could see the the uh the warping heat oh, signature come off me. Yeah. And so they would all put me in front of the fan and they were all so lovely and taking care of me and just a great time. But uh, I got to meet the writer of Bill and Ted and I told him my story and then he brought oh, me wow. over and introduced me to the director. 
it was Amazing. it was incredible and i and i just wanted to them to know that they had shaped my life that way and you know it, it was an inconsequential thing that i was there yeah so uh that's amazing yeah and then after that COVID hit and i got stuck in america <laughs> like literally See, you just <laughs> you got too much good stuff and then the universe is like all right ah well i mean to be honest uh i, I know you said like you wanted to make something positive happen from the pandemic and mm-hmm. um i i know it was like so many people there's a lot of tragedy there but i think i i mean that's how the book came about that's yeah. um i was able to make pitch decks for a few of my animated tv shows that hopefully now that the book is done i can go and make the animated trailers for and try and use those to pitch the shows themselves but i'm i put that foundation in and i was able to work on these projects and that's kind of what set up this 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 habit of mine to focus on the work that i want to put out there in the world and yeah. and and you know it came from my not just wanting to sit on my ass and i mean not saying that's what people were doing but you know like a lot of people were listless and looking for things to do yeah. and i just put myself into my work i was like well i don't this is this is what i'm going to do now and yeah. so i'm grateful just like our toxic relationships i'm grateful for that <laughs> yeah and uh definitely since none of yesterday actually happened no it was all a lie no um just plug your plug your book for a minute because i want people to know right because uh, i think that's important so yeah um i have a book that initially started out as a way for me to troll my bigoted family because they're they're very prejudiced and um homophobic and uh so it was a way for me to troll my family by asking my female presenting friends to send me pictures of themselves that I would then recreate to fuck with my family online because they followed me online and then they would gossip about what they saw there behind my back and make up <laughs> speculations about my sexual proclivities and uh, just all kinds of all, all kinds of rumor mill spreading. And, and I didn't know about this until my mom called me up four in the morning, freaking the hell out. Um, and so uh, once I started doing that, um i started asking questions because i was doing i was doing them respectfully because i've seen people who would who would do recreations like this you know um but they would do it with with cheek you know it would be like ha look i'm making fun it's silly and i was yeah, and i was yeah. doing my best to honor the models because i didn't want i th- i thought that would be disrespectful especially when people are sharing yeah. this like to be part like yes please you know recreate this yeah and um then the responses I was getting at first, I was very afraid you to put something in like that because a lot of them like were tasteful nudes that you're used to yeah. seeing female presenting people and women put out stuff like this. Uh, but yeah. for me to do that, it was, uh, it was nerve wracking and there was a lot of anxiety. Um, I was like worried that people were going to say a bunch of hateful things that, you know, damaged my pride or ego or whatever like that but it turns out most of it was very supportive but then at the same time the people who were supporting would also say how hilarious it was to which i would ask why is this hilarious is it because i have a peen and and i'm doing poses that normally people without peens don't do i mean like i'm not i'm not just being like i said i'm not being disrespectful i'm not being cheeky 
And so then it made me start asking, why can't someone that presents male do something to, uh, you know, like advocate or appreciate or just flaunt their right. beauty? And yeah. um, and so when I started asking those questions, that's when uh, I had like trans non-binaries and trans people wanting to be part of the book. And then I would start asking them, what does gender mean to you? And the answers they gave yeah. me were were just it, it heartfelt and and beautiful. And then it started getting me to delve further into gender as more of a social construct and sex and gender being mm -hmm. different. And then I started researching more of that. And I don't know if we talked about this yesterday, but like debates that I've been in with people after when I'm trying to explain to them what the book is. And uh, say, for instance, that I've had someone who was like, well, what if I identify as a six foot four black guy? And I was like, well, as it turns out, if you want, you can have a surgery to be six foot four. They'll, what they do is they, <laughs> they put poles in your shins and then your bones will slowly grow over the poles and then attach themselves back again. They can also do it again, once again, in your thighs. If you're, and then you could take a bunch of, what is it, melanin or melatonin to, for your skin? Yeah. Melatonin. Mel if, melanin. Mel yeah, melanin. <laughs> melatonin, yeah. obviously. <laughs> okay. So you put the melanin and you just, and you just have darker skin tones and then you can be black uh, as your skin is concerned and then you could be six foot four but then you got to ask yourself what is black because oh but then it's a socially thing right. because then you see people from nigeria who don't really relate with people who are like from i don't know compton they're you know yeah. so so then what do you mean by that are you just being like racist now or are you just being socialist or i don't know like and then you know i had someone else who was like um uh uh, about about the gender thing, they were like, "Well, and and, and there's always things that I'm not going to be able to answer because I'm not an expert in it." But they were like, "Well, what about those that uh, identify as a woman, but they were born with a penis, and then they want to go into women's sports?" And I was like, "Honestly, I don't know. It could be good for the women's sports. Did you ever watch women swimming before someone assigned male at birth decided to start swimming in the sport? Or yeah. you know, like to be honest, I would like to see everyone on steroids and just go and ape shit." That'd be, those are the sports <laughs> I want to see. Remember, <laughs> remember when all the, all the records were being broke and we found out it's because they were on roids. Well, everyone was watching yep. the sport at the time because it was amazing. We're like, yeah. how is this yeah. all happening? I think you should just be able to drug yourself to the moon and just go nuts. Just have fun <laughs> with it. Um, but yeah, that, that, that was a bit, bit above my pay grade, but um, you know, and then, and then you have other people that are like, Oh, well, there's only, there's only the two, there's only two genders and it turns out that i mean like there's like 46 47 i think it's 46 different ways our chromosomes can even line up that's why we're not all yeah. seven feet tall with beards down to our knees and hairy asses because that's why some <laughs> of us will have more quote fingers effeminate features it's because the chromosomes line yeah. up in different ways and then we also have uh intersex people who were born with both organs yeah. and 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 then and then you hear the people who are arguing with and they're like well uh i don't care if uh if, if, I don't care what surgery you have. Uh, if you're not able to have a child after this, then I, I don't care. You're not a woman. And then I'm like, well, then what about people oh who God. are born with the right genitalia and they just can't have babies anyway? Yeah. Does that mean you don't think they're women, even though they identify as that? Yeah. Like, just your fucking argument is shrill. Yeah. It's, it's, I, and so these are things that people are trying. When I'm telling them about my book, I will have them argue these these little opinions of theirs at me and i'm like mm, let's think about what you're saying though i i think you're just i think you're just reciting like i don't know neo-fascist republican talking points that you heard off of fox news or something back at me and it, but if you really think about the things you're saying like let's let's just be real uh, yeah. uh but yeah at the end of the book like i i do i do go on a few diatribes throughout the book and uh 
it's like I brought up, you know, how it's only been socially acceptable for women in the Western world to wear pants within the past 70 years and things like in 2000, I think it's 2012 or 2013, France just got rid of a 200 year old law that banned women from being able to have pants, wear pants. Um, Yeah. Still illegal in Tucson, Arizona for women to wear pants, but it's more into the guise of cross-dressing. And then we go further into cross-dressing into Florida and the South now and, and, and how all these things are coming up and, and how there's like 400 plus anti LGBTQ plus laws that are, uh, trying yeah. to be pushed around the country. And that's one of the reasons why I wish I knew how to promote my book because I really, I want this to get out there. I want people to read it. I want people to see yeah. uh, me presenting as I do, saying the things that I'm saying, trying to get people just to fucking think and yeah, and accept and see that these people are out there and we're, we're here and... I mean, I I am I identify as non-binary, but it, I don't have a certain trauma associated with it. It's because I've uh, there's a really great uh, I just kind of I didn't quote him directly, but there was a really great article that a gay man wrote when he was talking about. Um, I think it's because I had a topless a topless model, and we both posed topless. But when I posted it online, I blurred out both of our nipples because men uh, or those that present as male can show their nipples on social media and stuff like that. But women are not allowed to. And then it goes into how that is basically an ownership that, that men or patriarchy puts over them because they're saying that does something to me. It, it, it sexually compels me. Like I want that. I'm um, I hunger for your breasts or whatever. And because that you have to cover it up because I can't control myself. Yeah. And it was a great piece that this gay man wrote in, I don't know if it was just an online post, but basically it said, look, I am a gay man that goes into the gym where all these hunky fucking dudes get naked and change out in the dressing mm-hmm. room. And you don't see me just going around and sexually attacking them because yeah. I control my fucking urges and I'm not a fucking yeah. monster. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And for you to put that on somebody else, like that's your, like you're making me feel way and that's your fault. Like, no, I can control well, myself. It's like when people say, when they talk about, you know, when women are raped or, or whoever, you know, it's like, they like to blame the victim because yeah. they're like, Oh, well, what, what were you wearing? Exactly. You know? And that's, that's why, I mean, not to get all super uber, uber personal, but like I was, I was raped when I was younger and I was stoned and I was drunk. And I, I, for the longest time, I felt like I did something to cause that. Mm-hmm. And I feel, I feel like that's what, uh, especially women, that's how society has, you know, portrayed them and um, the whole it's just a giant cornucopia of crazy. I mean, it is, it is ownership. It is double standard. Um, just how gender, I, they don't like this. It makes people uncomfortable seeing male presenting people um, in uh, such a state because it is something less than in their minds to be a woman or to be woman-like or even quote feminine ish. Um, 
and it makes them feel uncomfortable. But then also I think it makes them uncomfortable too, because they're afraid that they might actually find that attractive or beautiful or something. Right. And it's just, you know, it's, it's who give the shit, you know, it's just, I wish people were able to just be themselves and be unique and authentic and not have some asshole, um, you know, yelling how wrong it is and, and trying to tell everybody how to live their lives. Yeah. Well, I mean, we, we, oh. that's, that's another point I don't mind, you know, re, revisiting right now during this conversation, but we did, we talked about that, how a lot of these people, these hypocrites and these, these bigots are, are usually living under the trauma of some, um, some societal thing that's telling them they can't live out their freedoms and because they can't, and they see other people that do, they get upset. And that's why they have this negative, this hatred that's, that's focused toward this group of people that they really want to be a part of. They want to be included in. But yeah, um, and and I know, like I, I spoke on, and and I mean, like a lot of a lot of the the reason why I am such an advocate for like non-binary and um, like gender gender equality and gender rights and stuff like that is because I I do realize that there's a lot of trauma associated with it. We talked about this a little bit yesterday, where um, if you if you do present mail or something like that, and you do something like you want to read poetry or do art or you know, uh, mm-hmm. paint your nails. We talked about that yesterday. Uh, you, yeah. you can get bullied and harassed and, and you know, um, physically assaulted uh, yeah. because you are, like, not conforming to your gender role. And then um, I, I know it doesn't happen a lot, but I know some of the people that I've talked to who were assigned female, uh, a lot of their trauma comes from their being uh, sexually abused. Um, mm-hmm. And of if there is almost like, I can imagine it would almost be a bit of taking ownership back when they throw off the shackles of gender oppression. And they're like, I'm not a fucking woman. I'm, yeah. or, you know, but then it's also fluid. So if they want to do some femme stuff and be, you know, uh, doll themselves up, that's fine. But they're something unique. They're themselves and they're not going to, you know, just sit down and, and take it anymore. And, and I like that. I, I like the idea of, of being who you truly are instead of being who you think you should be because you are assigned these roles. Yeah. I think that's why I've been so an advocate for people and all walks of life, all, you know, gender identity, sexuality, what have you, because I was so oppressed growing up and I was told what I had to be and who I had to love. And any deviation from that was, you know, either a sin or I was outcast from, you know, once I did go to public school, Mm -hmm. um, it's just important to me. And I mean, at the time when I was a kid, I thought, Oh, people like me and accept me for who I really am. And, you know, that went the opposite way, but I don't, really want a lot of especially kids to go through that and it's it's hard enough being a kid but when you're having all these thoughts and feelings that are different from the norm and you're told that it's wrong it's just that's no one deserves to grow up like that Mm -hmm. and i think if we can create a healthier more accepting society. I mean, I don't know. I just, I feel like we were getting to a little bit better place, but then Trump was like, Hey, everybody, if you're an asshole, 
yeah. you can do it in public now. You don't have to be quiet about it. And yeah. that just made it worse. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I just, yeah. It's, and it, I don't know. I don't know what it's going to take. I definitely feel like dismantling the Republican Party might be a good step because mm-hmm. <laughs> it's already it's already imploding upon itself. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know, but none of it. I, it's just, it's hard because it's like I don't know what. I just wish people would understand people more and take the time to actually like you know I was raised Baptist and. I was told, you know, basically love the sinner, hate the sin. You know, my mother was advised to take me to conversion therapy, all that. But towards the end, my mother became a bit more accepting. Like I'd go out to a gay bar and be like, mom, I'm going to the bar. And she'd be like, pick me up a lesbian. And it was funny. That is pretty um, funny. And she was able she was able to joke about that. We were able to like, you know, talk about things. That's good. But it just if people would act, I mean, cause she realized that the, Hey, this is my kid. And yeah. cause I told her when we'd argue about it, I said, if you don't figure out a way to somehow accept me, you're not going to have a son. And it was really hard to say that, but I mean, I think she raised me to be that strong. So I can say that. Yeah. Um, but if just people would take more time to understand people and, and that's why, like, even if I don't agree with somebody, it's like, I want to, talk and and kind of figure it out but i mean to an extent of course there are some people that i just can't with but um i think a lot of it is because they are not willing to meet the other party halfway Mm -hmm. i i will say um going back to a little about what we spoke about when um we were saying about media and how how you're able to put out works that people can identify with. Last yesterday, we also kind of spoke about um, how I was a big advocate for more diversity in the casting. And, and even though that may mean mm-hmm. I don't get cast as many things, I am happy that there was a black aerial. I am happy that there are trans and non-binary people being like, dude, have you seen um, Our Flag Means Death? Oh my God, I love that show so much. The most brilliant gay pirate beautiful fucking love show everything i love it so fucking much i love everything fucking it's the most charming little fucking show but i love that things like these are being made because that's what i believe is going to help acceptance because it's not going to come from the fucking old cunts who are fucking on their fox news and hearing the talking points of these people who are basically paid to spread hate it's going to come from the people watching the fun shows the good people i remember still um I, I did get into an argument with somebody. It wasn't an Yeah, I guess so. It was, it was a buddy of mine who I respect. And he said something like, I'm tired of all this woke culture. And he's like, the fucking mermaid and da-da-da-da. And, and I was like, you know, if, if you really do love the Little Mermaid, the original animated, it's not like they're taking them away and burning them. It's not 1984. You could still go watch that one if you want. But when I see right. videos of little black girls who watch the trailer for the first time and see a black aerial and they just cry. That's beautiful. Well, because they're, it's basically, it's, you know, it's inclusion, but it's also like, that's telling them that they're important and they're Mm -hmm. somebody. And then they're, they're worthy of being shown and being celebrated and being out there in the spotlight. Yeah. Back, back for too many years. It was only just one type of person. Yeah, crack dealer number four. 
or <laughs> or pimp number two. Yeah, it's it's, it's like yeah. usually they were the thugs and the villains, and it's good to see them be scientists and mermaids and superheroes and and everything like that. Like. I, I love yeah. seeing people of color and, and diverse peoples be the heroes and the ones yeah. that we deserve to cheer on. So, yeah. yeah. Um, the, and that goes, and that goes back into saying, that's why I think these, the things that we do, the things that we make, that's what's going to probably have that empathy. Cause yeah. I, I remember like my mom's a bigot and she's still, she's still a bit of a bigot, but she's changing. Um, yeah. she would watch, she's a sweet bigot. Yeah. She's one of those sweet bigots. Like I'm like, mom, you're being, you're being a racist or something right now. And she's like, Oh, sorry. Anyway. But you know, like, uh, she'd be, she'd be very anti, she was a very homophobic. And, um, yeah. then she started watching, was it Will and Grace or I think it was Will and Grace. Yeah. And then maybe, um, uh, uh, how I met your mother. Cause, uh, Neil Patrick Harris is on it. And then, uh, big bang yeah. theory, like shows like that. And, and she would start falling in love with the, the, the art that they're making. And I'd hear, you know, I could see the shift, like I'd come and visit every year and I could see each time it getting like her defenses going down a little bit, like the wall was crumbling to where yeah. it, now at least she's like, oh, no, I, I love I love him. I just don't want to see them kiss. And I'm like, well, I'm, <laughs> I'm sure they don't want to see you kiss either, mom, to be honest. But I mean, at least we're getting somewhere. <laughs> Um, yeah, no, totally. Like, I had a conversation with my sister one time, and she just was like, "She's like, you know what? I don't care what you do in your bedroom." She's like, "I don't. I just don't want to hear about it." And I'm like, "I don't want to hear about it either with you." So we agreed. Yeah. And it was. She's like, "It's not that you sleep with men. I just don't want to hear about my brother having sex with somebody." And I'm like, "Ditto." But but that's that's <laughs> the point you can bring up. We're like, when did that become the thing where that's how we greet each other? Like, hey. Hey sis, how's it going? How was your weekend? Oh, by the way, do you want to hear about my having sex? <laughs> like, I don't think. Yeah, no, I know. Fa I know families that do that. They talk about like <laughs> sex with their brothers and sisters and their parents, and I'm like, no, what? no, no. Yeah, no. <laughs> I, I, I was the immaculate conception. My, they did not have sex. You know. Yeah, that wasn't a thing. I, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't even like, I don't even like talking about it with my friends. I'm, I'm, I guess I'm a prude maybe, or just no. reserved. I told, I totally talk about it with my friends. Cause you know, I, I don't know. I, I'm not as, I guess, sexual as I used to be, but I mean, it's still, you know, yeah, you dabble. Yeah, I do dabble. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not as like Samantha or Blanche from the golden girls as I used to be. But, <laughs> um, Oh, but I mean, back to like representation, mm. like when, when I came out, I actually didn't want to come out because I did not feel that I was welcome in the community. Mm. Like I didn't see anybody like me and I was just like, okay, well, I am not, I guess that fabulous or whatever. I mean, I'm my own version, but it wasn't until I saw my so-called life and I saw Wilson Cruz on there and he was this character of ricky and he was this like kind of alternate queer wearing eyeliner and it was just like that spoke to me and that was the first time that I actually was like okay mm. you know there it is and it, that just kind of that was a shift okay and really growing up i wasn't really allowed to watch a lot of that because i think my mother was on to me like i really wanted to see madonna's truth or dare documentary mm -hmm. which was so okay 
but <laughs> I was I wasn't I wasn't allowed. And well, Madonna is why I know about the gay community anyway, because like nobody's like I had no outlet. And then when I I kind of had to sneak, and then when I finally was like sort of came out of the the fandom closet and discovered this, you know, here was somebody telling me that I wasn't a freak and that I was worthy and it was okay and I could be myself and somebody who's not only been an ally but was in the trenches with everybody Mm -hmm. like that's one of the biggest reasons I love her because she is like pardon my French but one of the biggest fag hags ever (laughs) and I can use the f word thank you yeah (laughs) you get a pass yeah you get a pass yeah I know (laughs) no but that's 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 great it is very important, though. I mean, and that's why I'm happy, you know, when things like The Little Mermaid, and it's not even, they're not trying to desecrate the original. It's just that just happened at a time where it was just sadly extremely white. Mm-hmm. And nobody nobody cared about representation. Mm-mm. Yeah. So, and, it, I, and I think it had a lot course. to do with the, I, was it a... Uh, a boycott of the Oscars that 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 a lot of people of color did because they were like oh, we're not yeah. being represented and that's fucked. So I'm not gonna come here yeah. and sit and watch all you white people get awards and pat yourselves on the back when we're out here working just as hard as you and we want we yeah. want to make something for ourselves. So uh, yeah, no, I thought I thought that was great because I mean, as it turns out, oh, and that's and that's another thing. Um, uh, uh, you, you know, the people that I hear, the anti-woke people are like, oh, I don't want to see all these trans and, and gays and da-da-da. And I'm like, you know they exist, right? Yeah. They are part of the your world. They're here. Right. What the fuck? It's, 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 the, yeah, they're, they're being represented because it's real life that you're seeing, you know, in, in storybook form. Yeah. But yeah, this is actually a thing. Uh, it's just. Well, and they, they want it, people want to talk about grooming, but the thing is, is like, I was groomed to be a heterosexual. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's that's what I was taught. The society, church, everything. You know, you have to get a girlfriend. You get married. You fall in love. Blah, blah. Man, woman. Man, woman. Man, woman. Yeah. So that's what I call grooming. That's a very good point. <laughs> that is a very very good point. It's not. It's not the other way around. You know, the gays aren't like, oh, we got another one. <laughs> you know, they're just like handing out toasters left and right. You know, you won't be cool if you don't sleep with someone of the same sex. You want to be cool, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> you won't get into heaven. <laughs> Jesus. Well, yeah. Could you imagine yeah, that too? It- like, like using that as your. As your as your talking points, like if you don't do what we say, you're gonna burn eternally. No, that's exactly what I grew up with. Exactly, like, and especially after I came out, I just remember going to church, and I remember sitting there, and they'd talk about homosexuality, and I'm like, did my mom slip the preacher a twenty? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so like, I don't know, and it was just all hellfire and brimstone. And I even got to a point one time when I prayed to God, and I was like, "All right, I'm level with you." I'm like, "If what I'm doing is so abysmally horrible and wrong and awful, and it's a sin, give me a fucking sign." Mm-hmm. And nothing. 
And I always used to ask my mom, I'm like, why would this even be created? Why would God create it if it's a sin? Right. And why is this this way? And she'd be like, oh, well, it's the devil's influence and blah, 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 blah. I'm like, no, no, no. And it just like nobody could really give me a, <laughs> a straight answer. Right. <laughs> yeah, there's, um, there was a really good, uh, I, would, I don't know if he's a preacher, um, I think it was a preacher who, who was talking to some state forum because I think it was about um, legalizing gay marriage. And you may have seen this, yeah. but he started reading um, and it was a very hateful sounding speech. And then he stops after he said some, some pretty heinous things. And then he's like, oh, no, wait a minute. This is actually a, a letter that so-and-so congressman, Senate, Senate leader, whatever, wrote about interracial marriage oops i got the wrong one wow whoops okay yeah no this is from 1960 uh oh. but, but then he goes on to be like no look check this out god's infallible right you'd think that if god were to make gay people he did it on purpose yeah there's god yeah, he's exactly he, and he's basically he's like love is love let him get married and this was a preacher and i was like fucking good on you yeah so yeah, that's how that's always what I've wondered. It's like why okay, you know, so God created everything, you know, and they're like, Oh, God created Adam and Eve, not Adam and Steve. I'm like, God created all of it if we're going by what you're saying. <laughs> yeah. You're a fucking moron. That's the thing. Yeah. All that being said, I am not a Christian. My my family, they did their best. Go on. God yeah. God's bless him. Like I said, I've got my own religion. I know. And that sounds way better um somehow i dodged the bullet i was the i'm the the youngest of three and i was not baptized and so i guess i'll just keep on sinning there you go <laughs> i mean i tried i tried really hard you know there was when i was younger like i was you know my first concert was amy grant and everything was christian this and christian that and i wanted to believe in that but yeah. Well, yeah. after a while, you know what they say, if you ain't sinning, you ain't winning. <laughs> they didn't actually, they? I just made that up. Me, me, they. No, I like it, though. That should be part of your uh, your religion. <laughs> yeah, I don't know about all that. I need to look up, look that up now. I mean, you just have a Facebook. Is there an Instagram, too? or just? Uh, it's just a Facebook, yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah, I think it's just Facebook. I may have had. I may have made an Instagram, but I'm not sure. Yeah, I don't I don't update it much. I just made it just for fun. I was going to see if I could get some no. kind of tax exemption from it. That would have been nice. <laughs> if only. I mean, people, crazy people like the Scientology. Scientology's a religion. Why can't, I mean, that guy had a lot of money to start. I know. Boy. Well, I know. But now, like, now that twin flame bullshit, they're considered a religion and they're, t you know, tax write-off and bullshit, whatever. And like, great. Or tax-free. Um, so I guess, you know, if you try hard enough and you have enough followers, you know, maybe, you know, who knows? Yeah, I don't think I'll be able to get any followers online. <laughs> oh, well, you know. I'm I'm already worried enough about just so many, yeah, everything. I'm worried about everything. Um, well, that sounds positive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Everything's terrible. No, it, boy, boy, it really is. Like, uh, oh, man, I've got a... A lot of people that I that I genuinely love who are um, who are Jewish, and 
are uh, yeah. are afraid of the hate crimes that are coming their way because of what's going on, obviously. Uh, yeah. And uh, and they they have no voice in the in this race. They're like, I'm just. I don't think any. It's yeah. And um, yeah, they're they're having to worry about getting hate crime against, and then and then um, you know some of them are also trans, so they're also worried about doubly. Uh, yeah. Because now that this new election cycle is coming out, the Trumpers are trying to fervently show their support for this fucking criminal who's somehow still going yeah. to try and run. Absolutely. I know, and the thing is, is he can actually he can run from jail if he goes. And I'm like, that's just I don't know. Yeah. And I, I do have to say one one thing: those documents that they're trying to find, they're buried with Ivana. Just look in there. <laughs> Man, he did that on purpose. Yeah, so you can't dig her up. Yeah, they yeah. but but wouldn't they? Did they actually see that happening? I think so. Yeah, like it's. I I want to say it's been documented. I this look. I mm, nope. That's a whole other show. Yeah. <laughs> I know that's that's too much. That's too much. I don't look not straight. But yeah, the whatever. And and the sad thing is, it's like I I like Biden. I don't love him. I feel like he's just been kind of a placeholder. I wish we could have Obama back, or even Michelle Obama, or even Oprah. <laughs> I would love Oprah. I would love Mother Oprah to be president. See, I don't know. No. I, I'm, I, I don't believe in government. <laughs> I'm a cynic. Yeah, I know. Um, but I mean, if we're gonna, if we're gonna have to, you know, let's have somebody better. Yeah, no, I <laughs> definitely want that. We need better choices out there. Um, I, yeah. I can't agree. Like either side isn't looking real good. I'm like, I don't, I just, I fear for next year and we'll see. But I swear to God, if he, if he gets in the white house again, I think it may be time to move. Yeah. I need to get a passport now. You know, it's even more frightening is you have so many other world leaders who are like, yes, he's the best. Yeah. It's just terrible. Yeah. Mm. Yep. Oh, well. What a, what a, camp. yeah, running on the two hour mark. What a good thing to, <laughs> yeah. I know. Let's, let's end on Trump. No, let's not. Yeah, we can't end on um, that. Everyone needs to go check out his book. It's called Dude Looks Like a Lady. Uh, yes, my book is Dude Looks Like a Lady. And if anyone's interested in purchasing it, it is found on dudelookslikealadybook.com. If you don't yeah, put the book in, it's a completely important. different website. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, well, also didn't wasn't there something where they were selling them on Amazon, but they were like, so yeah, there were some uh, counterfeit copies, and someone actually did buy yeah. one of those, and uh, she got it and sent me a picture, and it's just all blank pages. But uh, I, we we got that taken care of. Um, I'm actually going oh, to be for uh, for the quote fingers Black Friday sale. I'm going to make a. Uh, like a little pocket-sized version, uh, like a smaller nice. version, and it's called the it, uh, is it the super soft itty bitty dude looks like a lady? Oh no, it's the <laughs> itty bitty dude looks like a lady super soft edition. That's what it's called. Oh my god, that's amazing. Um, it's soft. don't you have a calendar too? Yeah, the calendar we just released. Uh, okay. People bought those on the Kickstarter, and that's why I bought those. I I'm actually I've lost so much money on this book. <laughs> 
Um, yeah. Uh, I'm going to have to buy a book and a calendar. I don't have a calendar for 2024. There you so go. There know. you go. Um, yeah, you could, you could <laughs> buy that through, uh, through my website, but it sends you to a link to buy it somewhere else. Um, yeah. If, yeah, I, I guess if you buy it from me, I can just send it away with a book and it'll cost you the same. I don't know. I don't know how this all works. I'm not very web savvy, but I was somehow able to make myself a, a web page with a store on it that works mostly. And uh, yeah, boy, yeah, yeah. This is. But now, now the next thing I'm gonna work on is more promotion and and trying to get the word out there because I do I do want this book to be and talked about maybe on Associated Press or uh, some queer friendly magazines or articles and stuff like that. Well, I'm gonna do my best to whore you out. I yeah, appreciate it. Yeah, just uh, I, I really do. Like, I think it's important. And um, there are some yeah. typos, and I am going to have a second edition of it because I did. <laughs> uh, I was just in such a, a fervent rush to get some of this stuff out. I go back and read it. And I'm like, hmm, that's a bit longer tooth. I could have edited that down a little <laughs> bit. Uh, yeah, I made that more concise. But no, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm proud of what I made, and uh, yeah, I, I want people to be able to read it and share it. I, I want people to do that too. So uh, here we are. Here we are. <laughs> and also, if you ever um, if you ever wind up in Atlanta and you're filming and you need a couch or a spare bedroom, so because we do film a lot out here, just putting that out there. Oh no! Did you go away? It can't end like that. I don't know where you went. Oh, uh, so there you are. as it turns out, if my uh wait, hold on. Your screen? Uh yeah, if my screen ends up going to kind of like hibernate or whatever, it cuts out the recording. Yeah. So I've been having to yeah. I've been having to keep my finger on my phone. Oh damn it. <laughs> it's all right. So anyway, yes, couch, thank you. Uh yeah, no, I'll have to introduce you to some of my film friends out there as well. Uh, I've got my buddy Shane yeah, out totally. there. Shane does, like, nice. uh, he did, um, uh, like, the Queen of the Damned, uh, oh, a yeah. bunch of art stuff with that. My friend Dom and Kat, they did animation for um, Archer. Uh, I don't know what they're working nice. on now. And, yeah, no, it'd be great. Yeah, totally. Well, thank you so much. Uh, this has been good. Thank this you. Is, uh, I'm, I, I'm, it's still, yeah, I mean, yesterday was amazing. This is, this has been really good. I mean, I'm not going to say it's amazing, but it's still, we made like a lot of good points and I'm very, you know, I'm just happy to have you. I think we ended I'm up happy steering you toward the end. We got, we got it to where it needed to be yeah. before it was, like yeah, I said, yeah. it was relaxed fit, but then we, we got into it. <laughs> you could probably just edit well, out that I'm, first half where we're just like, yeah, yeah. movies are cool, man. <laughs> No, it's fun too, but that's what I like. I like the conversation and getting wisdom through conversation, but I like, you know, it's, it's fine to have fun and joke and talk about silly things, but like eventually you get down to the real shit. And yeah. I think that's the point of all this. Yeah. Well, so I appreciate your willingness to do a part two and, um, I had a great time. Thank you for having me again. Thank yeah, you. And, and we'll totally be in touch. And uh, yeah, thank you much. Thank you. Have a good night. Good night, everybody. All right, you too. <laughs> Bye. Bye.